Second Chronicles 20, 23. I'm going I'm to do uh, 22, actually. Now, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. So in this scenario, Jehoshaphat knew that the people were coming against him, and he feared, first of all, but then he called them fast and sought God, which is what we need to do. Amen. When fear comes, turn our face toward the Lord, seek him for strategy. But the strategy that he got, move forward, but gather up the people who worship and sing, and let them come out and sing and worship and praise. Amen. Because when we do that, everything becomes about the Lord. It doesn't become about our situation or our circumstance because we overlook the circumstances that surround us. So we see over because we're seated in heavenly places. So when we raise ourselves up and look to the Lord, he will move us forward. Amen. He will bring us victory in the battle. How many know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, so we're never fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, powers, and hosts of wickedness in high places. And I just feel like the Lord wanted me just, if it's okay, as we go on with this song, just to pray over those who have been in a battle. That the Lord, as you begin to move forward into this next song, that the Lord would be already begin to set ambushes about against that battle that you've been in. Whether it's a long battle, whether it's a short battle, whether, whether it feels, you know, he's always working our, our behalf even when we cannot see him, right? He's always working and moving. But Father God, right now, I just thank you that you're the lion. I thank you that you're the lamb. I thank you that you go before us, God. I thank you, Father, that you surround us, Lord God. And Father, right now, I thank you that you are even going to begin to set ambushes, Lord God, against the enemies of your people, Father, and that as we worship you and adore you, Lord, Father, as we call you close to us, Lord, and we come close to you, Father, God, that you're going to begin to move in unprecedented Father, you're going to begin to break, Lord, and turn the enemy, Father God, on himself and let him consume himself, Father. God, that we will walk out victorious. And we thank you for that today, Father. And we trust you and we submit to you and we honor you, Lord God, above all things. We thank you, Father.
let's vocalize those worship praises to him. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. We glorify you, God. Father God, be exalted in this place today. Holy is your name, Lord God. Holy is your name, Lord God. We glorify you, Jesus. Be worshiped, be exalted, be honored, Lord God. Be lifted up. Worship you. We bless you. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. Holy is your name, God. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Praise you, Father. We praise you. Holy is your name. Praise you.
Come on, sing it out, church. Come on, sing it out. Come on, sing it out. Jesus, 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 how I trust Him, how I prove Him over and Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust. this morning. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Maybe you're here today and you say, I have a need. And maybe you're watching today and you say, I have a need. Can I tell you, you can trust in Jesus. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You, you may be going through hard times, but I promise you, Jesus is right there. He's got you in the palm of his hand. You don't have to face it alone. All you got to do is lean into him. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Amen. Come on and give the Lord one more praise offering in the house today. You know, some of those songs of the church are timeless, and that is one of them right there. Have you ever been going through something? I have, and just thought, man, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And, you, and you're just driving down the road, and it's just like that song just pops in your head. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. I like this part. How I proved you or and or. You know what that means? That means that I've been through some stuff, and you brought me to this place, so I know you're going to take me to the next place, right? <laughs> I love that. So I want you to just be reminded in your heart today, whether you're watching by the internet or, or whether you're here in your, today and you're going through something, be reminded that God is with you. Amen. He is with you. Amen. I just feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. If you've got someone next to you, give them a fist bump and say, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Hallelujah. And then you may be seated. What an honor it is to be here today. How many know that 
I saw something this week, and I was reminded that church is essential. Church is essential. And it's not essential because the government says it's essential. It's essential because God, the governing sovereign God of the universe, says it's essential. Amen? And I'm grateful for that. And uh, I was just reminded of that. I just felt like saying that. I don't know why. I wasn't targeted or pointed at anybody, but I want to say it's so good to see you today in the house of the Lord. If you're here in person, you realize that we have added some more chairs to kind of help us space out a little bit. You guys look good today. You guys don't know how to take a compliment. You guys look good today, and uh, it's so good to see you today. If you are a visitor with us, I want to say welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, can we, uh, fo home folks, can we give all of our guests today a hand clap of welcome? It has been a busy week, and uh, I tell you what, but I know that God is on the move. God is doing something. God is doing something, and I want to say thank you to uh, everyone who helped on Tuesday, we provided a meal. We were able to pr provide a meal for uh, Bernice Deckard's family, and and uh, and uh, what what a what a blessing you were, and what an outreach that you were, and uh, just had so many thank thanks and uh, and honestly uh, from family and from friends that we were able to provide a meal for, and they were able to do that. And I didn't realize this when you guys provide a meal, you guys like provide a meal. Like a legit meal. And uh, I was sitting there, and there were so many good things that you guys brought, side dishes and main dishes and all this stuff. And I tried to get a little bit of everything, and I'm learning as, as being pastor that I eat an awful lot. Like, not, not like large amounts, but I eat like a lot of times, you know. And uh, most of the things that we do as pastors is revolves around food. And I'm not mad about that. I'm pretty excited about that, actually. My figure's not very happy about that, but that's okay. But I wanted to just say thank you and, and uh, to everybody who was able to do that. And uh, what, a, what an awesome opportunity to be the hands and the feet of Jesus just by simply providing a meal and loving on somebody. Sometimes we overcomplicate the gospel. Sometimes it's as simple as giving someone a, a cold glass of water. And so I, I just want to I just want to encourage you if you have those opportunities, take those opportunities to do something. Uh, and and you're not doing it. I mean, you are doing it for people, but you're doing it for the Lord, for those people. Amen. And uh, I want to just also kind of remind you that next week <clears throat> we're going to be having a Thanksgiving communion service. And uh, we're going to be taking communion next week, and we want you to come be a part of that. And uh, I promise we will, we, will, we will do it in a very COVID-friendly way, okay? And you, you, I promise you'll have your own individually wrapped uh, communion uh, cup and wafer, and so that we'll, we want you to be a part of that. And I think it'll just be an awesome time. Uh, are you excited about Thanksgiving? No? No? <clears throat> There's about Maybe me. I might be the only person excited. You know what? You guys, maybe some of you are those people who skip straight from one holiday straight to Christmas. I, I, I have to hit the brakes because Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. It is one of my favorite holidays. You know what? Because I don't have to. The only, the only time I have to go to the stores to get stuff for Thanksgiving 
It's not like Christmas where you, where you feel like you have to buy gifts and you're constantly at the store and you're busy, busy, busy. December, right? We're all running around like chickens with our heads cut off trying to get this done, make this perfect and, and do all these things and go to this event and that event, go to this family member's house, go to that. But Thanksgiving, really, I mean, all you really got to do is make a meal, eat, and be thankful. No, it's one of my favorite holidays. I don't know about you. It's one of my favorite holidays. I was, I was looking up some stats uh, on Thanksgiving. It's kind of interesting. Did you know that uh, this year they are expecting 46 million turkeys to be eaten during Thanksgiving? 46 million turkeys. Everyone say, that's a lot of turkey. Okay. Uh, AAA predicts that 50 million Americans will travel Next Thursday, not this coming Thursday. I know I'm, 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 I'm a little early on Thanksgiving, but that's okay. I'm, uh, but 50 million people, ha- <clears throat> I don't know how it is here, but when we lived in California, you do not travel during the Thanksgiving weekend because what would normally take like an hour will usually take four hours because the traffic goes up intensely. Is that the same case here? Yay, nay, no, not really. Not so bad in Lawrence County. Okay, that's all right. <clears throat> I like that actually. That's, that's kind of nice. And, um, but I, 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 over to this week and next week, I want to talk to you on, on, on a simple subject. I'm going to pull these together over the next two weeks. A thankful heart. I want to say a thankful heart. A thankful heart. And I want to just kind of reiterate uh, what it means to, to give thanksgiving and what it is. And, um, you know, 174 times we're instructed in the Old Testament 102 times in the Old Testament, 72 times in the New Testament to what? To give thanks. 174 times in Scripture. You know, if God tells you once, you should probably pay attention. If God tells you twice, you should really pay attention. If he says it three times, you should probably just do it. And if he says it 174 times, it should be part of your lifestyle, right? And this is what I've come to find out about, about Thanksgiving is it's, Thanksgiving is not a day that we celebrate but a lifestyle that we initiate. I'm going to say that again. Thanksgiving is not a day that we celebrate, but a lifestyle that we initiate. It is. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that, that we take a day and we set aside and we, we give gratitude and we give thanks. You know, originally, uh, I believe it was uh, Abraham Lincoln who, who initiated Thanksgiving Day. Uh, to give thanks and to set a day aside after the harvest to thank God for what he's done done for us. And so, and I'm grateful for that, but Thanksgiving is much more than just one day a year. It's 365.25 every leap year. I'll throw that one in there, okay? 0.25. It starts, and here's what we need to know about Thanksgiving. It starts with the desire to give thanks to God for his hand of protection for his provision and his sovereignty over our lives. Now, we are pretty good with God's protection and God's provision, but his sovereignty over our life, that's where we like to hit the brakes and say, whoop, God, I like to control what, I, what I'm doing here. But we should be thankful that God is sovereign and he rules our lives. Amen? As believers, we should be excited about that. But here's the thing. This is what I've come to know. The remedy to selfishness is thankfulness. The remedy to selfishness is thankfulness. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, sometimes you're selfish.
<laughs> the remedy to selfishness is thankfulness. And can I tell you this? The remedy to many things in our lives is this simple thing, thankfulness. Now, that's a word that we, we look at and we, you know, don't really get excited about as, as Christians. We're like, oh, I, I can be thankful for things. And, and, uh, but you ought to be grateful for what God has allowed you to do, what God has given you. This is what the scripture says in Psalms 92.1. David would write this. It says this. It is good to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises to the Most High. It is what? To give. It is to give. Okay. If it's good to give thanks, David says it's good to give thanks, you should give thanks. All right? All right? Uh, David, you know, in Scripture, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. If David said that, just do it. He, he loved God, so it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to give praises to the Most High. Paul would write this in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He would say this, be thankful in some circumstances. No. Be thankful in what? All circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. We want to know what God's will is for you to be thankful Oh, well, that wasn't what I thought God's will was. Well, it says it right there. Paul just said it. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do you belong to Christ Jesus? That it's the will of God for you to give him thanks. All right. Hebrews. We don't necessarily know who the writer of Hebrews is. You know, scholars have differing opinions on this, but the, the writer of Hebrews would say this. He would say, therefore, by him, let us, what, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving, giving thanks to his name. That means continually. That means initiated lifestyle of thankfulness to the Lord. All right, are you guys with me? Okay, let's take it back. Let's go back to Jonah. Remember Jonah, the, 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 the prophet who was a little bit of a rebel, who decided to go the opposite way of God and told this is what he says. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 9 says this, But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. All right, if you have your Bibles, go to Acts uh, chapter 12, and we're going we're gonna to be there. I, I wanted to preface that. Yeah, the scripture tells us many times to give thanks continually and to, and to constantly be giving thanks to the Lord. You know, I, when I ride with my, my dad in the car, which isn't very often, but he'll just be sitting there, and we'll get quiet. We won't talk for a minute, and he'll just be driving, and then out of nowhere, he'll just be like, Thank you, Jesus, and it'll scare me half to death. And I always thought that was so weird growing up. But the older I get, the more I realize what he was doing was he was continually giving thanks to the Lord in all situations. Driving down the road, scaring his son half to death. Acts chapter 12, verse 20. It says this. When you have it, say, I got it. All right, says this. Now Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre 
and Sidon. So they went, so they sent a delegation to make peace with him because their cities were dependent upon Herod's country for food. The delegates won the support of Blastus, Herod's personal assistant, and an, an appointment with Herod was granted. When the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. And the people, these are the people of Tyre and Sidon, uh, the, the people gave him a great ovation, shouting, It's the voice of God, not of a man. Instantly, an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. So he was consumed with worms and died. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're going somewhere with this. Happy Thanksgiving. <clears throat> you know, how many of you, uh, and, and what I want to talk to you about today is this, and, and, and I, I said, you know, part of this two-week series here is a thankful heart, but what I want to talk to you about today is this simple subject right here is what's eating you? Everyone look at your neighbor and say, what's eating you? Amen. How many of you uh, find it appalling to think of things such as flatworms, tapeworms, any kind of worm, heartworms, ringworm. When I was little, I got ringworm because I decided to play in a sandbox that I didn't realize I was sharing with cats. And I remember as a kid getting ringworms and, and, and just disgusting now that I think about it. It's pretty gross. But, but you know, when we think of worms... In our bodies, it, it's really a disgusting thing. When, I mean, no one gets excited about a big old tapeworm, right? I don't. I think it's pretty appalling. You know, it makes me cringe to think about. And I was looking this up. The longest, listen to this, the longest tapeworm ever found in a human. Whew, are you ready for this? The longest tapeworm ever found in a human. 82 feet long. That's disgusting. 82. It grosses me out. That's just gross. Let's all take a moment and refocus here. You know, and it's funny. I remember in science class when I learned about tapeworms and I learned about flatworms, just the pictures, the, the, the cartoon pictures that they would draw out in the books, they disturbed me to look at. I don't want any part of any kind of worm, any kind of parasite living inside of me. But it's gross to think about. But this is what killed Herod was basically worms. And can I tell you this? When I talk about giving God thanks, it's not because God necessarily is, is insecure at who he is. God knows who he is. And so your, your pra- he doesn't necessarily need your praise. He wants your praise. He, has, he wants a relationship with you, and so when you talk to him, he loves that. But can I tell you that he doesn't necessarily need your praise. But what, the reason that we see this so much in Scripture about giving thanks, giving thanks over and over 174 times is simply this. We need a deworming. It's not for him. It's more for us than it is for him, Right? And so, so I've come to this. I want to talk to you real, real simple today, real simple today 
on, on three worms that we need to deal with. Okay? So bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. God, I ask, Lord, that you would just anoint me today, God, Lord, that you'd use these lips of clay, God, Lord, that you would see me, that you use me and uh, as you see fit today. God, I pray, Lord, that your word would go forth, God, I pray, Lord, and know, Lord, that your, your word does not retor- return void. So today, Lord, let, let your word go forth, God, I pray, Lord, that it pierces hearts, Lord, that it would remind us, God, to walk in thankfulness today. Lord, we'll give you the praise. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, look at your neighbor and say, I hope you don't have a tapeworm today. All right. You've never heard that one in church, have you? Okay. You never know what might come out of my mouth. So what's eating you? What's eating you today? You know, Herod here, in this case, you know, so he, he's ruling over there. Matter of fact, he is... He is went away from Jerusalem because he's already mad. If you read previously in this chapter, remember Peter was thrown in jail and all the people were praying for him that he would be freed from jail and that he wouldn't die. Well, that was Herod who was, who was, had him in jail. And you remember Peter's like knocking on the door while they're praying and they're like, what, what, what? Peter's here. How'd you get out of jail? And uh, yeah, cool, right? So Herod's a little bit upset. So Herod, he goes to the coast, which is something that they do in California. When you're upset and you need a break, guess what? People in California, they go to the beach, you know, pay for an overpriced hotel room and just to enjoy the wife. So Herod, he, he goes there and he is just resting there. And he's upset at these two towns, Tyre and Sidon. And he does not like these two towns. You know why? And they're agrarian, and they depend upon uh, Herod's nation to provide them food. And Herod knows this. And you know what? When someone's feeding you, you have a tendency to butter up to them. So that's what the people of Tyre and Sidon are doing. They're buttering up to Herod. And so they ask for an appointment. And so they go to his assistant, Blastus, which is a pretty cool name, I have to say. And they go to Blastus, and they, they talk to him, and they say, hey, we want a meeting with Herod because guess what? We're hungry. And so then, they, so Blastus, he allows them to have a meeting. And so there he is. He comes in. And, and, and Scripture tells us that he put on a fine robe. Jo- Josephus would, would turn around and say that this robe had, had uh, silver uh, uh, threads in it. And so when the sun would shine on it, it would glisten. Let me tell you what, Elton John has nothing on what Herod had on that day. It was shiny, it was glistening. He was making a statement that day. He came out to tell, you, to tell them, hey, you know what? I'm powerful. You see my robe? You see how shiny it is? Sounds kind of childish, right? And that's what Herod's doing. And he's coming out to hear what these people are saying. And so he gives a great speech. And what do they do when you're hungry? And what do your kids do when they want something from you? They tell you everything you want to hear. Oh, Herod, the words coming out of your mouth, they're so great. You're like God. That's what it says. And that's what they did. And, and as they did that, you know, the scripture tells us that Herod, it, it, he, he, didn't, he took that glory, okay, that, that when they glorified and they said, you're like God, he took that glory. And you, you heard what the angel of the Lord, it, 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 it basically sent a worm upon him. And the worm began to kill him from the inside out. 
the inside out. So the first form I want to talk to you guys about today is this. And especially in this season, especially as we go into Thanksgiving and as we go into Christmas and, and, and we're coming out of an election and there's so many things going on crazy in the world right now, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Our, our election's crazy right now. There's a lot of ifs and a lot of stuff. Here's the first one. The worm of anxiety. Everyone say the worm of anxiety. Stats on anxiety. Listen to this in America. Listen to this. A startling 36.9% of Americans suffer from anxiety. 36.9% of Americans suffer from anxiety. Listen to this. Three out of five people deal with depression. You know, when we look at things like that, uh, and here's the thing, the enemy is wreaking havoc on, the, on people all across this nation. And you know what? There's things that we should be super concerned about. But you know what? We need, we need to pray for the health and the well-being of people's minds and people's hearts, right? And, and we need to say, hey, hey, we need to, we need to stop the enemy. And here's what I know. Can I tell you this? And, and this is what happened. The worm of anxiety, the way he comes in is a lot of us, we find our value in what we do, what we have, what we've achieved. And there's nothing wrong with that. You say, well, I, I, I've worked hard to get to this job. I believe you 100% you worked hard to get to that job. But sometimes we find our value in that. Can I tell you this? If you believe that the car you drive defines you or your house or your well-being is because of you, you're going to be eaten up by the worm of anxiety. Because if it's because of you, that means that when it fails, it's because of you, right? The scripture tells us this in James 1.17. It says, every good and perfect gift comes from God, right? Every good and perfect gift. And, and it says this in, in John 3, 27, it says, A man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from heaven. That's what it says, okay? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. A man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from heaven. What does that tell you? What does that tell me? Is that whatever we have here on earth, whatever you've been given, whatever God has allowed you to have has come from him and him alone. You say, oh, I've worked really hard, TJ. I, got, I went and got my degree, and then I got this and that. Can I tell you this? Who gave you your mind? <sighs> right? Right? So every good and perfect gift comes from him. So you know, I've worked hard on my gifting. God gave you your brain, and he gave you the strength to fulfill all the things that you've achieved. And I'm not going to take away from what you've done, but let me tell you something. You ought to be thankful that God has given you the opportunity, that God has given you the brain, that God has given you the resources, and that he has done that. Amen? Amen. So we can do a lot of things, but can I tell you this? Without God, we can do Nothing. Nothing. So in this life, when we deal with anxiety, life happens sometimes. You know, what happens when all your success in your home and in your house and in your career and in your family and in your marriage, what happens when you lose your house? 
What happens when you lose the security of your job? Oh, that would never happen to me. Oh, you might. You just don't know. What happens when your friends walk out on you? Oh, I thought these people were going to be my friends till, till the end. What happens when they walk away from you for no reason? You're like, I, I, I don't understand. What happens when people let you down? Ultimately, no matter how hard you try, you cannot stop all the things that may happen, good or bad, in your life from happening. You know, you can try all you want. But I know this, that, that you, you're going to wear yourself out, and you're going to find yourself anxious, and you're going to find yourself walking in fear, and you're going to find yourself struggling internally and saying, God, I don't understand this. I don't understand this, God. I've, I'm struggling with this. Have, have you ever been there? I've been there before. And can I tell you this, right now, right now, at this very moment, I see fear and anxiety in our country and in our state and in our county and in our city and in our church and in our families like I've never seen it before. All the what ifs. Well, this could happen. This is a possibility. And you're saying, well, are you saying, TJ, that we should just walk, you know, crazy and, and have crazy faith and just expect God? I'm thinking that you should probably use some wisdom in, in your decisions, okay? God gave you a brain for a reason. Remember, he gave you that brain. So use that brain. See if it lines up with the word of God, number one. Follow what the word of God says and, and do that and walk forward in confidence. But ultimately, no matter how hard you try, you cannot stop all bad things from happening to you. Right now, I see the people of God letting the worm of anxiety eat at them. This week, I had several phone calls from several pastors from several places to call me and just say, what, what's going on in your neck of the woods? How are you handling this pandemic? What, what are you guys doing? Uh, uh, can you pray for us? Can you, can you do this? And, 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 it, and it's almost crazy. And it, it grieved my heart, not that they were seeking advice or not that they were seeking help and not that they were seeking, you know, uh, a strength from, from another brother. Or iron sharpens iron. I believe that. But at the, same, at the same token, I was grieved in my heart because, you know what, there's a full-on battle of fear that the enemy is wreaking havoc on not just people in our nation but upon the church and God has not called us to walk in fear Philippians says this chapter 4 verse 6 says this be anxious for why you gotta do that why you gotta do that Paul I'm kind of enjoying my anxiety be anxious for nothing. doesn't say some things or if you feel like it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by what? And with? <laughs> There's that word Thanksgiving again. Oh, I love it. Let your request be made known to God. Can I tell you this? Instead of being anxious about it, and maybe, maybe this, maybe this is this is a good litmus test for me, and I, I need I need I need this in my life. Sometimes when I find myself walking in fear or find myself walking in anxiety, I have to stop and say, Hey, TJ, have you talked about it or have you prayed about it? 
Because my first response is to pick up the phone and say, I'm struggling with this. And God's like, I'm over here. Will you just pray to me? Will you just pray to me? Will you just open up this communication line? Because I promise you, I'm all that you need. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. The word supplication there means this, to ask with humility. When's the last time when you were anxious in your heart that you said, God, I'm struggling with this. Will you help me with this? Will you help me with this? Will you walk me through this? Lord, I need your help with humility. If you're thinking that you're responsible for what you have and your success, can I tell you this? You'll be ate up with anxiety at some point. It may not be today. It may be in a few years. It may be whenever. I don't know. But let me tell you something. You can do nothing apart from God. The remedy for anxiety is prayer. Supplication and thanksgiving. Everyone lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. All right. Here's the second worm. Here's the second worm. Everyone, everyone buckle up for me. All right. It's about, it's about, we're about to hit turbulent, turbulent weather, okay? Here's the second worm. The worm of perversion. Ooh, well, that took a hard turn. The worm of perversion. Romans 1, chapter 1, the, the people there, they have fallen uh, prey to their passions and to their lust, and it's out of control. Romans 1.21 says this. says, yes, they knew God, uh, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him Man, there's that, there's that word again. And they begin to think up foolish ideals of what God was like. Boy, what does that sound like, right? As a result, their minds became dark and confused. How many know that we're, uh, we're walking, a lot of people are walking in darkness and confusion? Verse 22 says this, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Verse 23, and instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like uh, mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Whew. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the, listen to this, listen to this, verse 25. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Mic drop, Paul out. Hebrews eleven twenty five says, sin is good for a season. And I don't know about you, you know, the, the, the Proverbs tells us that the heart is deceitful. I don't care how good of a person you think you are, your heart is deceitful. And in our minds, and, and, and listen to this, I, I've, I've done this before, I've counseled people in, in marriages who are on the brink of destruction. And I've heard statements, things that they've said. And said I, never, I never thought my marriage would get to this place. 
I never thought that we, there, there would be this wedge. I never thought that it would get this far. I never intended to hurt them. And can I tell you this? I've seen this time and time again. For a moment of pleasure, the end of the marriage was destruction. Following perversion, following lust. And I'm going to think about this this week. I, I, I built a couple of, of fires in my fire pit because I'm still burning boxes and I live in Williams and I can burn whenever I want. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. I don't know why. You guys laugh, but, you know, I really think it's pretty cool. All right. But I thought about this as I was burning some boxes today, that lust is, is like a fire. And the thing about a fire is the hotter it gets, the more it demands. And it says, feed me, feed me, give me more, and it gets bigger and bigger. And that's what unbridled lust does in our lives. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Paul's saying here, there's a danger in glorifying what God has created over glorifying God. Are you following me today? We become victims of our own lust, our own passions, and our own desires. Can I tell you this? When a man, when a woman, or a society stop glorifying God, then perversion is the ultimate result. I say, what do you mean by glorifying God? Glorifying God in your life. Not just, just, just talking the talk, but walking the walk. God, I'm going to glorify you in how I live, in how I think, in what I say. See, we see in our society as, as men and women's hearts have turned to their own desires. Time and time again, the worm of perversion is running rampant in our teenagers and in the youth of America. And it's running rampant in the people of America. Can, can I tell you this? And we say, we hear this all the time. If it feels good, just do it. You know, do what's good for you, right? It's okay, right? And we hear that all the time. And, 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 and this is something, that this, it, it, this blew my mind. I was thinking about this. You know, something that has not really made the news over the last few months is this. We haven't heard this. Is that, and, and if it has, it's been just a blurb. It's just been a quick thing uh, over this. But over the last few months is that kids and teens that have been freed from sex slavery, you know what causes sex slavery? Well, you know what makes uh, 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 an adult w want, to, want to fornicate with a teenager? You know what that's called? Unbridled lust. Not pulled under subjection. Now, that's, that's a better word than what, what you I know it's quiet in here, but that's okay. That's called unbridled lust. And, and I began to look at this, and I, I found this article, and it said this, and it's from the Albuquerque Journal. You can look it up if you want. It said this, that over the, the last few months that uh, we didn't hear very much about uh, the 109 kids that were, that were freed from sex slavery in Ohio. Anybody remember hearing about that? That happened in August. Okay, good. Uh, you probably saw a blurb on that. What about this? The 39 kids that were set free in Georgia, right? Okay, that happened in August. What about five missing kids found in Oklahoma? And eight children, listen to this, eight children found that were missing here in southern Indiana. Oh, you didn't think that would happen in your back door, did you? The worm of perversion. 
Why? Because as a society, we have done this. We have stopped glorifying God, and we have glorified sex. Did God create sex? 100%. But he created it to fit in the confines of marriage. It's like having a fireplace. It doesn't matter. If you have a fireplace, you can, you can ramp that fire up as much as you want in the fireplace, right? But God has created these boundaries, but man has taken the boundaries out and say, it's okay, let's just build a fire out, out in the woods right now and watch the whole woods burn down. Lust says me, says I, it's what I want. Sounds selfish, sounds like a spoiled child. Sounds like a wild animal. Let me give you an example of this. You know, and God has created man above the beast. We were created above the beast, okay, the beast of the land. And let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because we have a conscience and we have a mind. I can do something with my dog. I could bring my dog in this building right here, and I could have a ribeye steak right here in my hand, and I could make my dog sit down right here, if he would, for 10 seconds. And I would, if I threw that steak on the ground, he would gobble it up without even thinking about it. He wouldn't think twice about it. He wouldn't stop and go, oh, no, that's, that's, that's TJ's ribeye. He just accidentally dropped. He wouldn't do that. You know what my dog would do? He would selfishly go down there and go in three bites and try to swallow that whole thing. Last night, I was sitting in my room, and, and I heard the dog go into Zaley's room, and I heard some papers shuffle, and I was like, what in the world? And I said, Oscar, and he took off running. And he went running through the hall, and I looked down the hall, and he had three Twizzlers. <laughs> you know why? Because he's an animal. It's all about him. It's what I found. It's me. It's this. And let me tell you what. God has created you above the animals. God has given you a conscience, and God has given you a will to say, you know what? That's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine. And I say this. God, help me to glorify you and not what you've created. That's, I know. That's, that, that is good. I don't know who said that. That's good. And I say this, help me not to be selfish, but to give you glory and thanks. And I'm going to invite the worship team. Here's the last worm. The last worm. The last worm I want to talk to you about is the worm of negativity. Everyone say negativity. You know, negative mindset isn't necessarily what we would call sin, but a negative mindset can lead to sin. Have you ever just, nobody likes to be around a negative Nancy. I'm sorry if your name's Nancy. I just wanted to say that. Just, it's, I, I don't know why. Just, nobody wants to be around somebody who's constantly negative, right? We all know those people. When they walk in the room, we're like, oh, ooh, oh, yeah, I really don't want to talk to you today because I'm having a good day, and I know if I talk to that person, it's just going to be like, you're just going to suck the life out of me. Please, just don't say hi to me. I'll just wave from afar, and we'll, you know, Right? Can I tell you this? A man or a woman who do not give thanks to God continually become vulnerable to the worm of negativity. Grumpy, grouchy, cynical. You guys stop looking around at someone in here. I know some of you are looking around in here. You know the type. To escape from the worm of negativity is simply this. Thankfulness. 
and gratefulness. You know, you, it's hard to be negative when you're thankful. It's hard to be negative when you're just thankful. Um, and we've all fought, fought against this worm. We've all wanted to be negative about something, right? Man, there is nothing worse than when you want to be in a bad mood and someone comes in in a good mood. You're like, will you just get on board with me because I just want to be angry. Right? And they're all happy and chipper and you're like, that just makes me more angry, right? And we've all been around those type of people. So but what, what do we do? We get more negative because people around us, maybe they're not negative, And so we, we just want to make their day bad because I'm having a bad day. Anybody ever done that? Sorry. I'm just being real. And when I think about that, I think, man, how selfish and how silly that is. How immature that is. You know, life is tough. And sometimes in our life, things happen and it seems negative. There's a story of a city down in Alabama called Enterprise, Alabama. Anybody ever been there? No? I didn't think so. All right. And, and Enterprise, Alabama is in Coffee County, Alabama. Uh, at the turn of the century, the... the king crop was cotton in that county and the bull weevil came in and it decimated the livelihood of every farmer in the county everyone's farm they were all cotton down there and it destroyed every farm in the whole county it's crazy bull weevil and the people of the county they met in enterprise and they decided, hey, we're going to have a, a prayer meeting. Boy, boy, I wish we were on board like those people. Maybe if we met at the courthouse and said, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting because we're going to pray for our city. We're going to pray for prosperity over our city. We're, we don't understand everything that's going on, but we're, we're going to pray and we're going to seek God. Check this out. And they prayed this. We thank you for the many years of blessings of cotton here. Now it's gone, but we know that you work all things together for good. So we trust you. See? Trust the Lord. <laughs> and unbeknownst to them at that point, the bull weevil had destroyed everything. And Let me just ask you this. When's the last time you... Thank God for the, for the provision that he's given you. Maybe you have a need now, but have you, have you thanked him for the times that he provided for you in the past? I thought that was cool. That was the first thing they said is, Lord, thank you for the many years that you've given us cotton, and, and, and we did okay. I thought that was pretty awesome. And this is what happened is in the process, there was a man, an African-American man down working on something, and his name was George Washington Carver. And a believer, matter of fact, asked God to teach him about astronomy and how the universe worked. And in his humility, he said, Lord, you know what? That's, that's a big question to ask of you because that's a lot of comprehension, Lord. I'm not worthy of that. I, I think that's pretty cool that he, that he thought in those lines. And this is what George Washington Carver said. Lord, just do this. Just show me the ways of the peanut." 
That's what he did. He said, just show me the ways of the peanut. And so while all this is going on, George Washington Carver, listen to this. The guy, I don't know if you know the history of him, pretty amazing guy, found over 300 products that he could make out of peanuts, including the very good peanut butter. Thank you, Brother Carver. Amen. I had a peanut butter pie yesterday. And whew. Let's just take a moment to thank Brother Carver for his work. <laughs> but look at this. Because of his discoveries that God had opened his mind, that God had allowed him, George Washington Carver, he came up with this idea. He said, hey, we can use peanuts for certain things. And this is what happened. The people in Coffee County, Alabama, the people in Enterprise uh, the city of Enterprise, Alabama, they began to plant peanuts, not knowing what would happen. And because of George Washington Carver's, uh, uh, what he had found out about the peanut, the demand for peanuts began to skyrocket. And they began to just, it just began to grow, grow and grow and grow. And you know why? Because peanut butter is good. What had been a disaster for Coffee County, Alabama, became its greatest blessing. And instead of walking in negativity and saying, the bull weevil killed our cotton, they said, thank you, God, for the years that you did give us cotton, Lord. What's next? What had been an adversity became prosperity. Why? Because instead of being eaten up by the worm of negativity, they thanked God for his provision and they glorified God. You know, life is tough. It's full of negatives. And, it's, and sometimes negatives can seem so great, but a thankful heart and an attitude of gratitude will drive away the worm of negativity in our lives. I don't know about you. Sometimes I need that. I need to be like dad in the truck. Thank you, Jesus. So look at this. Three worms. Three worms that will destroy, destroy you, just like they did Herod, okay? Worms will eat you from the inside out. The worm of anxiety. Everyone say anxiety. The worm of perversion. Everyone say perversion. The worm of negativity. Everyone say negativity. The remedy the way to deworm our lives is a heart of thanksgiving and glorifying hearts toward God. Look at this. Look at this. Acts chapter 12 verse 24 says this. Everyone say, meanwhile. Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread and there were many new believers. So let me show you what happened here. So here is Herod, and he's walking around in his fine linen, and he's, he's listening to these people make accolades. Oh, Herod, you are God. You've given us food. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And there he is. And then he gets a worm, and the worm begins to destroy him from the inside out. But let me tell you how good God is. This is what the next verse says after we find out that he's ate up with worms. It says, meanwhile, when all the uglies happened over here, meanwhile, the word of God continue to spread. Meanwhile, while Herod was being eaten from the inside out, the word of God continued to spread. Meanwhile, while society is perplexed 
and fear and anxiety. The, the church kept spreading the love of God. The church walked in faith in God and not in man or in the hands of man, but in the hands of God. Listen, meanwhile, while society is drawn by perversion and their own, lust, uh, their own lust, the church crucified their flesh and pursued God. They pursued God with all their hearts, their minds, and their souls. Meanwhile, while society is being negative and ugly to each other, the church began to love one another. They started walking in the action of love instead of the talk of love. That means hands outstretched. That means that may be a sacrifice on your part. That means that you might see a mom, a single mom, trying to get gas at the gas station. The Holy Spirit say, you need to fill up her tank. And you might be like, ooh, I don't know if I can do that, Lord. And that might mean you walking that out. Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread, and there were many new believers. And I say this, Lord, let it be so in our lives, in our church, and in our community. Let us drive out the worms of anxiety, perversion, and negativity by initiating a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. Do me a favor, stand with me all across this building. I know you've never heard of Thanksgiving sermon about worms but now you have okay it's me I'm, I'm quirky I'm weird okay can we stretch our hands towards heaven can we just begin to thank the Lord can we just begin to open our mouth and say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for keeping me God, thank you, Lord, for giving me faith over fear. Thank you, God, for, for letting me see your will be done in my life. And not, not, I'm, not, I'm not being controlled by, by the American government. But, but, God, you are a sovereign God. You are bigger than any government in this world. Lord, you, you make governments rise and you make governments fall. Lord, at, at your will. So, God, we fall under subjection to the sovereignty of who you are, God. God, we come against the worm of anxiety, those dealing with fear and depression and anxiety in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we say thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing. God, we come against the, the worm of perversion, God. That it may be destroying marriages. It may be destroying lives. God, I pray, Lord, those who are dealing with guilt for maybe things that they have done, God, and failures that they've had in the past. And we say, God, we are overcomers by the word of the Lamb and by, and by our testimony today. God, we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we come against the worm of negativity. God, so many people want to talk about how bad it is but God what I want to talk about is how good you are I want to talk about how good you are God how you've sustained me God how you've kept me God how you've walked alongside me God it may not be perfect but God I trust you God and I'm just crazy enough to believe Lord that you have me in the palm of your hands
Come on and just begin to lift your voice. Come on, all across this building. Lord, we say thank you. God, we say thank you, Lord. God, thank you for the activity of our limbs this morning. God, thank you for the breath that you've given us. God, thank you for the health that you've given us. God, thank you, Lord, for the food that's in our cupboards. God, thank you, Lord, for the home that you've given me. God, thank you, Lord, for, for allowing me to have heat and air conditioning. God, thank you, Lord, for sustaining me. Thank you for, God, my car. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you for my spouse. God, thank you for the clothes that are in my closet. God, thank you for each and everything. God, I just want to give you glory for all that you've done. We worship you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. God, Thanksgiving is not just a day. God, it's a lifestyle. And so, God, we walk in that. God, we walk in that. God, and as we walk in Thanksgiving, God, I believe freedom happens. God, I believe freedom happens. We honor you, Jesus, and we praise your name. Come on with your heads bowed all across this building. Can you say, hey, TJ, I hear you today. I hear you. The Holy Spirit is dealing with me right now. The Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart right now. And you say, hey, I need prayer today. I need prayer because the worm of anxiety, the worm of perversion, and the worm of, of negativity, look, they've come and they've come and they're wreaking havoc on me right now. And I've allowed a foothold for the enemy. And I say, hey, TJ, I need help with that. If that's you in this building with no one looking around, would you lift up your hands? Come on, anybody in the building today? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all across this building today. Come on, let's stretch our hands towards heaven. Everybody in the building. God, we pray right now. God, we pray for a power powerful. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come break the yoke of bondage, God, of fear. We come against the spirit of fear. God, you've called us not to walk in fear. God, I pray, Lord, we come against the spirit of anxiety and we rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. Stronghold be broken. Stronghold be broken. God, we come against God, the worm of perversion, God, those who may be dealing with that in their life, God, it's humbling, God, to, to have to step and say, Lord, I'm struggling with that. God, I, I, I'm dealing with that in my life. And I say to you today that you're taking a step of faith and you say, hey, God, I need your help. I've allowed a foothold for the enemy. God, I, I just want to give you praise and glory. We come against the worm of perversion right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, those who are dealing with the spirit of negativity. God, everything seems to be doom and gloom. God, I pray, Lord, that you would send your joy. <laughs> Unspeakable joy and full of glory unspeakable joy and full of glory. God, a negative mindset can be broken. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that that mindset be broken. God, I pray, Lord, that it be replaced, God, with the mind of Christ, a thankful heart, God, glorifying you. God, we give you the praise. God, we give you adoration. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the building today. Come on, begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Real fast, if you're under the sound of my voice and you say you 
If you're not sure if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, can I tell you, it is the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. I promise you, it is the best decision you'll ever make in your life. I promise. He is wooing you. He wants a relationship with you. It's not just a God up in the, in the clouds looking down, ready to judge you. But he wants a real binding relationship with you today. Now, to the sound of my voice, and you don't know that if you were to die today, and I'm not trying to scare you, but if something, if you were to leave here and get in a car accident, you don't know if you would make heaven your home. You need to make it right today. You need to make it right today with all heads bowed, all eyes closed. We're going to tarry just a moment. If you would like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, would you just lift your hand? No one looking around, please. No one looking around. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit today. Anybody in the building? Okay, I see your hand. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Huh. Let's all pray this prayer today. Say, Father, I come before you today humbly. I feel your spirit drawing me. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. Lord, I ask you to come into relationship with me and be the Lord of my life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on, heaven's partying right now. <laughs> heaven's partying right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you heard my heart today. That God is after a heart of gratitude, a thankful heart. If you want to walk in freedom, you ought to thank Him each and every day. In every circumstance and whatever you're going through, you ought to thank Him. Amen. Can you stretch your hands this way? I pray that the Lord bless you this week. I pray that He keeps you. That He makes His face to shine upon you. That He covers you with His grace. And that He gives you peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. What an awesome word. I think I'm with Pastor TJ. I don't like to see worms or hear about worms. But you know what? The word says that we have to be alert and we have to be on guard. And I think we needed that reminder to be on guard for those worms. And I think they can creep up on all of us. So I thank you for that word. That was amazing. If you're a guest in the house, we thank you for worshiping with us and being with us. We ask that you would fill out a connection card that's in the back of the seats in front of you and take it to our welcome center right out front. We have a gift that we would just love to share with you this morning. I have just a few announcements. We have Thanksgiving baskets coming up. Donations, if you have signed up to bring donations, those are going to be due this Wednesday, November 18th. 
Also, if you um, have to pick up a basket to donate to someone or you've signed up for one, those are going to be available on the 21st Saturday at noon. Candle fundraiser, those are still available this morning, $10. They're outside in the foyer area. They're available for purchase right now. You don't even have to order them. Thanksgiving communion is next Sunday, the 22nd during morning service. And a ladies craft night, Christmas craft night on December 8th at 7 p.m. Now this is important, ladies. You have to be signed up and paid by November 29th. And then finally, Mops, this Tuesday night at 6.30. And if at all possible, please, if we can, leave the children at home, if that's possible, just to help us with contact. You guys have an amazing afternoon. We'll see you Wednesday.